0: beard there's nothing like a man with a good looking beard and back for second round of behind the beard good afternoon my name is Patrick pole I'm joined by Lewis Anderson and Mike Anderson and yes this is our second iteration of of the podcast Behind the Beard. And if you haven't joined us on our first one, you really should go back and listen to the first one. But what this is all about, it's basically the three of us as friends entertaining ourselves, and we're offering it to you in hopes that you will get entertainment out of it. But if you don't, oh well, there's other stuff for you to listen to too. But in general, our topics of conversation are wide-ranging, but we all have uh, young people in athletics and high schools here in the area. And we also have... Uh, interest in local discussions of of notes so you'll hear a variety of different topics and also i'd encourage you to go to the social media sites and make comments there facebook instagram uh, the email address and you know let us know what you think or if you want to hear something talked about or questions you know we'd like to hear from you there so right out of the gate um, we have a new song that we're going to be rolling out you just heard a little bit of it there as we came in that's the bandettes and mike has some information about the bandettes
1: yeah so that's the bandettes they allowed us to use their song as their intro we really appreciate it they were very generous there um they have a new single coming out april 14th if you're like me and lewis and you think a lot of the the music on radio is crap Check out the Bandits. They're worth listening to. So, April 14th, new single. It's called
2: Roots. Yeah, and if you want to check out that the Beard song, it's on their 2022 album, First Snow. We've been checking it out. Love all their music. Yeah, they have
1: another album as well, Pat, from 2013. Uh, take Me Home. Take Me Home. Yeah. Indeed. And I want to take them in and just mention those, uh, those sites. Facebook is behind the Beard WNC, as well as Instagram. The Gmail is uh, behind the beard wnc at gmail dot com. So hey, reach out. I do have a couple questions that you guys sent in from last week that uh, that, I, that I'm going to share later in the show. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. We actually had people listen last week. Yes, we had quite a few listen in the past. You know, three or four weeks. I want to go ahead and apologize. I put up a post that we were getting ready to release a new episode, and uh, hey, rookie mistake. It didn't uh, go as planned. Yeah, we messed that up. We sat down here and recorded it. <laughs> the, the audio on it was total crap. Yeah, you couldn't understand it, so hey, we deleted it, and this is everybody went on vacation but me, and so now we're here to uh, try again. Yes,
0: so we have a couple of the topics we're going to kick around a little bit that we did try to record a few weeks ago, uh, and then uh, add a few more varieties in there as well. So uh, first up, we cannot uh, go forward without really talking about the amazing... NCAA men's basketball tournament I'm a huge basketball fan because I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan having lived in Lexington for so many years so I have to watch it every year it's passion and what a complete amazing round of upsets that was It was crazy Well um, I mean who
2: do you guys remember the predictions for the first round upsets? <laughs> we did make a few predictions Did anybody get one right? I believe one of us did. <laughs> Who, who, it wasn't who, me.
1: Who was that? That that would be me. Which one did you pick? Do you even remember? <laughs> I do not remember. But I believe it was Furman. Didn't you pick Furman to yeah, win? Yeah, I thought it was Furman over, over Virginia. In, oh, yeah. And I got it right. Yeah. You did get it right. Congratulations. So the championship game was like a uh, 10 p.m. Wednesday ESPN2 game. I mean. It was late. Well, not, not just that, but the – when well, you think of a championship game, you think Duke and Kentucky. You think Kansas and Virginia. You don't think San Diego State. No, and uh, UConn. UConn, you know, that's their that's their their fifth, fifth championship. Yeah, fifth banner. They're the only school other than Carolina to win a championship in consecutive decades, so they've won in each of the five decades. That's impressive. How, how yeah.
2: long has the championship game, game been going on?
1: A long time. Yes,
2: Okay, more than five decades. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. So,
2: As you can tell, I, I do not watch basketball. Yeah,
1: I do. Unfortunately, I'm a state fan, so it's never a lot of fun, but we do watch it. But, I mean, all the upsets, and in my opinion, it, it's, it, there's a couple reasons why there's so many the upsets. These smaller schools are keeping their kids longer. With COVID, everybody got an extra year. Yep, that was big. And, you know, you can redshirt, and you can transfer around and play that first that very first year. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of these smaller schools were older. They were older kids. You know, they're playing 18-year-old uh, young men that are you know just getting to college, and they had a distinct advantage come tournament time.
0: I think that, you know, the, the, to make a point about Kentucky, they're famous for, the you know, the one-and-done mantra, you know, years ago. And I don't think that works anymore now with the transfer portal because, to your point, Mike, the kids can can bounce around the schools and find the right fit for themselves, and by the time they're into their junior and senior year, you know, they may not be a McDonald's All-American coming in as a freshman, but they put a lot of um, work in and, and maturity and growth, and that's obviously played out right here as we saw in this tournament. You know what, Pat, and McDonald's All-Americans have in common?
1: What's that? McDonald's. <laughs> mm. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how much the COVID played into it. I think – I'm afraid people lose interest if it continues to be the smaller schools.
2: I don't know. Well, no. I mean, people like me, I, I don't watch basketball. <laughs> I love to see smaller schools upset bigger schools. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And there were several buzzer beaters this year in the earlier round. Well, heck, even in the Final Four, the San Diego State game over Florida Atlantic, that was a last-second shot that did that one. So, what,
1: what if they'd have been coming out of different brackets and that was the championship game? Wow. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Well, it was close
0: to what they were talking about, a possible Florida-Atlantic-Miami game. That would have been interesting. All yeah. Florida, no Florida State, or University of Florida.
2: Probably the biggest fan of this year's tournament, Vegas.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. man.
2: <laughs> they made all the money.
1: Oh.
0: Right. Yeah. Because everybody's bracket was done day one. I mean, it was just a complete travesty, starting with the Furman game. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, mine was
2: still going strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yours was.
1: <laughs> I didn't even look. After day two, I didn't even look at the bracket. I just assumed I was at last. It was awful. Wow. Well, and then you had the girls' side.
0: I heard on the news this morning that the championship game for the girls is the most watched girls' championship
1: game ever. So, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, is uh, she's an amazing basketball player. Oh, yeah. I mean, she can score from anywhere. Uh, very, very good. But LSU, I mean, 102 points in the championship game? Yeah. That was impressive. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of girls' women's basketball, but I did watch the Final Four, and uh, you know, Iowa, LSU. I was very surprised to see South Carolina lose, um, but it, I mean, it was cool. It was it, it was actually exciting. It was fun
0: to watch. Well, and you know, you're right. I didn't watch a lot of girls' basketball either, but you know, when you guys, when we all started doing the live stream over at the high school together, and we did the we did the girls' game. Man, that's, that's entertaining basketball, man. Those girls can play. Sometimes it was way more exciting than the men's games. Yeah. That's true.
1: That's very true.
0: And we had great antics from our good friend Mike Anderson on the referees during a great girls' game, so we'll oh. I'm sure we'll revisit that down the road. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess next up we have a subject that we want to bring up, and that's something that's been happening in the news here this year with um, – reclassifications of the high school system and their sporting events. Um, Mike, why don't you uh, tee this one up? So
1: I've been reading that today, I believe. All principals were sent a vote from the NCHSAA about expanding the classification system to 7A. So there would be seven different classifications as opposed to the four that we have now. Yes. So currently,
2: all the schools are broken down into 1, 2, 3, and 4A schools.
1: Correct. And that's for all sports, whether it's baseball or tennis or football or soccer, or whatever. Golf. Golf. All of it. And we've had four classifications since 1960. Now, there was a brief period where we did like 4A and 4AA, where we essentially had eight classifications, but that was only football. And that ended two years ago? Two years ago. They deemed it to be illegal. It broke the
2: bylaws. Okay. That was the reason?
1: That was the reason. Okay. That was absolutely the reason. So here's the thing. Three-quarters of the schools have to vote yes, the principals. They have to send in a vote that says, yes, I want to go seven to seven
2: classifications. What if the principals don't care and they don't vote? A no vote or a uh, non-vote is considered a no vote. And this is strictly principals, no ADs or anything like
1: that? The principal is the one who is responsible for voting. Okay. And, the head principal.
0: And we, they ran They ran into this issue, your point about the no vote is a, I mean, no, a non-vote is a no vote when they did this a few years ago, right? When they were talking about doing a 5A or something?
1: Yes, I believe they tried to pass a 5A, and it was like half the principals didn't vote.
2: At, at, I mean, we've talked to local ADs across the county, and the majority of them say that typically people do not vote. Is that correct? That's what I – that's my understanding, uh, that
1: a lot of principals just don't vote. They They don't want to vote – Um, for whatever reason. But I I do want to bring up, so now, I found this interesting. So now, the formula to determine what class you're in. So, for instance, Reynolds in 4A this year, 3A next year, Asheville 4A, TC 4A, O and 2A. The way they decide that, determine that, they have a formula that takes into account the overall athletic success of the program, the financial status of the school Basically, based on how many free lunches you're giving out, and the ADMs, which is the number of students you have, so those three things go into determining what class you're in. It's not just how many students.
2: And Matt, uh, Mike, you being the math expert you are, how does that formula work? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so the new, the new, the new one will just
1: be ADMs, which is your enrollment. So it'll take your enrollment. And it's no more than thirty. It's no more than 64 per classification, so that would roughly be 32 from each half of the state: 32 east, 32 west. And the lines basically Charlotte. Is that correct? Uh, it's somewhere. It, sometimes it depends on how many. It's usually toward Winston down. Charlotte's usually in the western half of okay. the state, and then everybody on the other side of Charlotte is the west half, roughly. But there's been there's been times when schools from the same county one's been east one's been west. Sure, I'm trying to remember what year it was like a Forsyth County I believe. But anyway,
2: so I did some math. That's a scary thought. That's a scary thought.
0: It is, because I was told there
1: would not be any math. No math.
2: Is that where the wildland fire started this week? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so I just all I did was I took I took all the ADMs from this previous year, and I counted thirty two in each one and uh, to see where the local teams might fall. This is not set in stone. This may not be how it works out, but based on 32 teams in each one, this is what I got. So the only 7A school in Western North Carolina, can you guess who it will be, Pat? It's got to be McDowell, right? McDowell, right. They draw the short straw. I believe they say McDowell. McDowell. It's uh, They're the 27th out of 32nd, so they're at the bottom, and uh, I think we all know they will struggle in 7A. They struggle in 4A now. Correct. So um, Asheville, TC, and Reynolds would be 6A. Asheville would be the 12th biggest, TC would be the 15th, and Reynolds would be the 22nd biggest in 6A. So, And then so the local 5A schools, Irwin, North Henderson, Inca, West Henderson, North Buncombe, and East Henderson. So that would be the 5A schools in the area. 4A, Pisgah and Tuscola, so they would be together. 3A, Brevard, Hendersonville, Owen, Madison. It's hard to believe Madison is a 3A school. But they have the one school in the whole county. Right. They would be the 29th out of 32 in 3A. And then 1A, uh, no 2A schools in the area, uh, 1A, Cherokee and Hazel. Cherokee would be the biggest and Hazel would be fifth. Which both of those programs are very difficult to beat. Right. Now, some things I've been reading, obviously I'm not big up on 1A football. I don't follow a lot of 1A football. Some of the things that the 1A folks are complaining is that with this new system, it doesn't address the charter school issue. And what is that issue, Mike? So am unfamiliar. So charter schools, charter schools are schools, they're, pu- they're considered public schools, but you choose to go there. It's So they can draw their kids from a larger pool, as opposed to, um, you know, a local Cher- school. Cherokee who can only draw in their boundaries of Cherokee High School. The reservation, yeah. Uh, Hazel can only draw from the Hayesville area. They have set boundaries. Charter schools can, can come from other places. So if you
2: work in one area, you might take your kid to a, one, a school close to you. Yeah, so from my research, they still get government funding and all this, but anybody can sign up to go there. And there's no restrictions to who goes there. So if all of us decided to get all the top athletes, we could all take our kids to a charter school versus going to public school where you have to do the what is it, DRR or whatever it is.
1: Oh, that, yeah, the form we have to sign. I right. can't remember what that's called, but yes. Um, all three of us have had to sign it in this room right here. Right. Um, but, so that's the, that's the thing that the 1A folks are most concerned about. Um, I think some of the other schools are concerned. There's always been some concern about uh, private schools playing with public schools. For instance, we've all seen Char- Charlotte Catholic come to town, right? And then in the others in Raleigh, there's a school called Cardinal Gibbons. In football, they won the 2021 state championship in 4A and were runner-up in 2022. Charlotte Catholic has nine state championships in football.
2: State championship. So they have played the public schools in order to earn that title. That's correct. They do, in they the, do. in their playoffs, they play in the public school playoffs. Okay, they do. Now, what about Christ School? Do they play there? They play in the independent league, which is made up of private schools. Okay, so private schools can choose to play for a state championship in their state. Is that right? Can they? You're asking me if they can choose to play with public schools, right? I guess they can. I have not researched that. But, I mean, it's almost like going back to the basketball tournament. You know, you have the ones that make the tournament, and then you have – what's that other one? The NIT tournament? The NIT. It's like the leftover, right? (laughs) So, I mean, to truly say you have a state championship, shouldn't all the teams play together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that should happen. Because some would say that those private school state championships isn't a state championship. And I was under a similar um, – I, I
1: thought that way as well. Until you get over there and you see the talent, and you're like,
2: these guys are good. There's- well, well, I mean, so, yes. So if you put two subpar teams against each other, you might think that they're good until they face a real team. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, you know, uh, from a viewer that's watched this show that some of the private school games might not hold a candle to a, a public school game.
1: That's an interesting thought. I would invite them to come see some of these teams play. Like I said last time, go see Providence Day play Asheville. Uh, Providence Day's quarterback signed with, or uh, uh, it's not signing yet, committed to Michigan. Um, Christ School has a commit to Alabama. I mean, there's some uh, elite talent playing
2: high school football in the private. There's also some
1: elite talent playing basketball.
2: I mean, but to settle this argument, they would have to play these other teams. I agree. And, I mean, so Providence Day, you said, is playing Asheville this year? They are. Do you see that as a trend that might continue where they're going to get some cross play going forward? I think – well, so
1: these – a lot of these schools – Pat, you're familiar. You know, Reynolds, they always want to look for tough games. Oh, yeah. And the last – they were supposed to play Raven Gap two years. One got coveted out, but the second one they played Raven Gap and lost. Um, very close game, though. was a very close game. I, my favorite play of that whole game – and. If I can find the clip, I'll put it on our Facebook page. It's a Raven Gap kid karate-kicking the punt block. It was hilarious. (laughs) He literally jumps and karate-kicks the punt as he kicks it.
2: It was awesome. But anyway. So why why do you think – I mean, because Christ School's where? Arden? It's in Arden. Yeah, so, I mean – L.A., lower Arden. Yeah, L.A. So they have the ability – I mean, that's a close game for a lot of these public schools, and especially, you know – Talking about Reynolds, they're always looking for tough competitions. A lot of times they have to go closer to Charlotte to get those games. Why wouldn't they sign up to play a Christ School?
1: So Asheville and Reynolds both chose to play someone that's in Christ School's conference.
2: In my opinion. And where's Providence Day from? Charlotte.
1: Okay, who's the other one? That Raven Gap. They're, oh, they're,
2: they're, they're, uh, they're in Georgia,
1: but it's the other side of Franklin, so they're considered a North Carolina high school. Right, super close to the border. It's right there. Yeah. So, um, in my opinion, this is my opinion, they do not want to play Christ School, Asheville School, because they're afraid they – it's a lose-lose situation. If they win, they're supposed to. If they lose,
2: they're afraid they might lose kids. But if I'm at Reynolds, I would say 100% we're going to play you and we're going to beat you. I mean, because this is Reynolds football. We are going to win. I would love to see that game. Pat? Can you make that happen, Pat? I have no say, and
0: I – nothing to do with that. I
2: I think that that Reynolds football would dominate both of those schools. This last year, absolutely.
1: And uh, only because their defense was amazing. So you think this year coming up that you guys will be able to – I don't know. To beat them? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Like I mentioned last time, and I don't know if it was the show that went out or the show that didn't, but uh, sometimes we don't know what we have until July 1st when we report
2: for our – two-week stay at Christ School for football so another thing that you mentioned the big difference between private school and public you guys are practicing football already so we have 12 spring practices just like uh, public schools do it's just different timing
1: I guess it can be different timing because Christ School starts uh today yeah Tuesday
2: and we're not allowed to practice yet but
0: yeah I don't think so no No. they're in the
2: weight room still correct well of course year-round weight room yeah which you know probably where we excel better than those guys. <laughs> probably so. Christ School lifts at six a.m. I would definitely not prefer to lift at six a.m., but a lot of people do lift early in the day. So what do you think about like? So you're good with Charlotte Catholic and Cardinal Gibbons playing with the with the public schools. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna crown a true state champion, I think all these schools need to be involved in the state playoffs.
1: Pat, do you feel like the private schools have an unfair advantage or disadvantage either way?
0: I do think you have an apples to orange comparison there because uh, if you're going to do what Lewis is suggesting, then everybody needs to be able to play in the same
2: bucket of rules. But I'm kind of from the old school where it's like, hey, that's fine. We'll load up the valley. I mean, I don't care who you have. We're still going to beat you. So do you do it by ADMs? Absolutely. Which so- would put you guys at a huge disadvantage. Because no free lunch there. We'd be 1A. No. You, you guys would be higher because there's no free lunch, none of that. You guys uh, have more students. If you, well, yeah, if you use the current, I still don't think
1: we would be 4A because we only have 400 kids, 300-something 300 kids, 350, 360 kids. Well, then we might see some really good 1 and 2A
2: football <laughs> games. Uh,
1: now, Asheville School, I think Reynolds and everybody dominates. They, they play in Division Two, which is a, is, is a weaker division. It's more like a
2: one A. Do you guys play them at all? We do.
1: Okay. I think we've been straight
2: years. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, I, I would love to see them play because then there would be no argument. Because I get sick and tired of, you know, some some dad saying, "Oh, well, my kid goes here and this team could dominate you." Well, let's put them on the field and find out. Let's see. Yeah, I try not to make those assumptions, but, um,
1: I I recommend everybody go see that problem. And when today, I, when and I'm, I'm saying that, I wasn't referring well, to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I also think it, you know, private schools are at an advantage because uh, I guess they also draw from a larger, larger pool than a public school. I mean,
2: yeah, they get to recruit from all the schools around, like you guys do.
1: <laughs> but the public schools, like in Charlotte, I mean, you can go wherever you want. Correct. In w- Forsyth County, Winston Salem, you go wherever you want. Yep. Even well, one it, time, right? Yeah. Even in Buncombe County, you can go wherever you want. You can go. It's one time transfer before you have to set out a year? You, you've done it. Pat or Lewis, you've done it. Pat, you've done it. I've done it. Correct. We've all taken our kids out
2: of the district they were in and put them in another district. So, and realistically, I mean, if you're want to play, if you want to play that game, you could just move. You could move and go anywhere you want to. There's no set out year if you move. Right. So, right.
1: it'll be interesting to see if they do switch to seven A and if they're willing to. If if enough people vote, I'm,
2: what I'm hearing, it's probably not going to pass, and we're probably going to be with four A again. I, I would. Completely welcome to seven A. But the only caveat to that, looking at the the way the alignment, are, I would love to see the conferences change to where there's more alignment in the conference to who you're playing in the playoffs. Because like at Owen, we just have to beat Madison every year. If we can beat Madison, we're going to the playoffs. Do you think you think it waters it down at all having seven different
1: classifications
2: as opposed to just four? I don't think watered down's the word. I mean. It makes it easier to win a state championship. Yeah, you might have an easier path, right? But it's still, the best teams are going to win. But you can also look, two years ago, we had eight, or three
1: years ago, we had eight Correct. divisions right? essentially in football.
2: Yeah, high and low A. Yeah. So, I, I think the seven would be better, seven state championships in the different classifications. Uh, you know, maybe a school like Reynolds last year, if we had this, Reynolds might be a state championship with that defense they had. Indeed.
1: Would you, uh, Pat, would you like to guess how many public schools are in North Carolina? I have no idea. I'm going to throw out
0: 312.
1: 686. So less than half was my guess, and I'm clearly wrong. But that does include all the charter schools. That includes charter schools because they are considered public. Do you want to guess? I already told Lewis or I'd make him guess. I'm going to say 100 private
0: schools. Two hundred ninety-five. Again, less than half. I'm coming up short. You're a great guesser.
2: You've been doing that all your life.
1: (laughs) True. So, I know when I go to watch football games, and I've been to a lot, you guys have
2: too. Even in our off weeks, we all go to to another football game.
1: What's the the most frustrating thing, especially when it's your team? Can I answer?
2: Referees. Absolutely, it's referees. And if you're losing the game, it's only because of the referee. (laughs) Every one of us is guilty for that.
0: And this is quite ironic because the two of you knuckleheads are both umpires. Oh,
2: that, yeah.
1: That is true. We are youth league umpires, to 12 um, I think we've seen in the past 10 years, uh, they'd say the referee shortage, uh, the quality of officiating has gone down.
2: Yeah, so we got to talk to your friend last so we,
1: week. Yeah, so Jim was here last week, Jim uh, Winfrey, former – Former referee did baseball, basketball, football.
2: Which he provided great insight. And unfortunately, our audio it was garbage. Know, real garbage. And then he bailed on us this week. Right. But he had some great insight. And he said over the course of he, – he did it for 25 years? Yes. He said over the course of his career, he's seen a steady decline, especially the last 10, 15 years. And, uh, you know, we mentioned a couple of people. You know, a couple of people I know, last year I put them on the baseball field for the first time umpiring. Now this year, they're officiating high school and college level games. He said that was out of pure desperation for people needed.
1: You can look at on the field and either they're gray-haired or they look like they're about 16. Which, which he said he quit because
2: he was unable to do it anymore. He said the field kept getting longer and longer. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, anytime you see that gray haired guy out there, I remember last year, Owen had a game, and there was a guy, I swear, he's 97 years old. <laughs> so he was Pat's age. Yeah, exactly. There's no <laughs> way he keeps up with a 17-year-old running back. Right.
1: Same with basketball. These kids getting <laughs> up down the floor in a hurry. Um, but Now, the, the shortage of, of referees that you're alluding to, you do have to
0: take some responsibility in your own behavior against referees. I've personally witnessed it, and it's been an awesome spectacle. I don't
1: know that that's true, Pat. You might be making that
0: up. Absolutely not. I do have to reference the Wonderful Girls basketball broadcast game when you and I were doing the live stream and uh, a bad call happened and you turned off our microphones for the live stream to yell at the officials. That's still Grant Clayton's greatest memory of that
1: game. <laughs> Some of us call that banter. <laughs> it, was a sad, it was a Saturday game. It was a makeup game. It was so quiet in that gym. After the uh, outburst. Do you, before. You, you did hear Pat mention it was a bad call. It wasn't like I was wrong. Co- <clears throat> Correct. Um, I promised my wife, we went to the first football game, I promised I would not yell at the referees. I'm not yelling at them this year. I'm done. not going to do it. Kick the ball off. They get the ball. First play goes eight yards for the other team. The referees moved the chains. I said, that's only eight yards. I started yelling. Everybody else caught on. They did reset the chains. But, I mean, that's terrible. That eight yards terrible. and that you get a first terrible. down. Right. I mean, come on. It when was I, obvious. And later
0: when I attended the Christ School game <laughs> with your family, and um, the referee was the worst referee you had ever seen in your entire life, and everybody in the stadium knew that at the end of your well, I diatribe. Think,
2: I think there's one of those guys on every officiating crew. I mean. Uh, we went to one Owen game this year, and the White Hat, who's obviously very skilled in doing, you know, in, in umpiring or refereeing, he had to every play, watch every position because the other three guys that were with him had no clue. So he was trying to manage the whole game by himself.
1: Yeah. So a similar game at Christ School Gym, my friend, came to that game, and he, was, he said, you know, that guy, the head guy, he, he's the main guy for Western North Carolina, but everybody with him is first year. So you can imagine how hard his job was. And it, it's not fair to him to try to call the whole game from behind the quarterback. I mean, that's not fair to him. I understand why he did it. Um, I understand there's
2: a shortage. It, how, how do we fix it? Well, Jim said that one of the bigger problems in getting officiants is that the games start at 4 especially you know talking about baseball jv starts at four yeah that's baseball and basketball yeah so starting at four o'clock how many people because obviously officiating is not going to be your main gig right so this is something you're doing for side money how many people can get off their job have the clothes in the truck be ready changed out by three forty-five, and be on a court or a field by four o'clock and really you got to be there earlier than that. i mean you don't want to take the field you got to get the
1: lineups and all that stuff correct I mean, that's tough. I that mean, is tough. It's got to be somebody who has a part-time job, which is why I think you see more older folks do it. Um,
2: those of us that are in our careers, we usually work till 4 or 5 o'clock. Right. So, like Mike and I, we umpire baseball. It, the games start for us at 6. We can clearly make that, right? We, we have very – you know, we we I've, I've put out the word that we needed umpires this year. I got it within the first weekend. 6 o'clock start, no problem. What if those games started happening at 6? I think that was a, a big deal that could, you know, get more efficiency on the field. I know one of the things, one of the concerns
1: you'll hear is, well, we had to drive two hours to get here. If you start the game on a Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, what time are the kids going to get back? Well,
2: that's cool. Let's fill those schedules with those private school teams that are <laughs> <or> private school <laughs> that are closer. That are closer. Uh, but, you know, to, to, to challenge that, last year we played Hayesville in JV football. My kid on a Thursday night didn't get back till one in the morning, had to go to school the next day. That's tough. So I mean that, that theory's out the window. They don't care about that really. The kids are fine. The kids are fine. They, they they stay up watching TikTok every night till that time anyway. You
1: know, the other thing is, what do you guys just something. What do you guys think about football games? Why not play J V and varsity on the same night back to back? So play play a six o'clock J V game on Friday? And then follow it with the eight o'clock. Now, obviously I understand that changes some things. Well, like eight quarter and stuff like that. Both your games are at home instead of having a an away in a home. But then you can use the same
2: referees. Yeah, you could. You don't have to worry about and then you know, car carpooling's easier. Both you know, you go for one or you go for two games versus one, right? I don't have to drive to Asheville and then Asheville come to Owen this week both games are there i think that's a great idea and i understand the whole you know having to do your eight quarter you know wanting to
1: have, have your kids who can eight quarter and they can still be there i don't know if they could play in both games that would be a little tough that would be tough but have them both on friday so that if you're just talking about football that does away with uh, getting home late on a school night correct and you can use the same officials that are already there and i think it solves a couple problems and there's a lot of football on a Friday. I know, right?
0: Not a post. And they should serve beer at the concession stand. Golly, can you imagine how much money your booster
1: club would make oh, if they sell beer?
2: That'd be awesome. I mean, I think it's a great profit plan for these schools if they could do that. I always wanted to sell it across the street, but <laughs> the church would never agree
1: to it. <laughs> the, uh, they might frown on that. Yeah. yeah they may not love that. The, uh, the other thing, one of the other things... Um, Well, Lewis, I just blacked out.
2: Well, that's okay. At least I, you're still in your chair. I'm yeah. still here. I have the no cheese idea what is I was falling off say. your cracker. Yeah, Sorry. Right? I just, I just Are you down. talking about
1: the like, pay, maybe? Oh, I know what it was. So remember Jim told us that they cover, is it nine counties they cover? Correct. So the, the Asheville is the main hub, but it covers nine counties. And so you could have to be in, I can't remember how what he said was a long one, like Avery right on a Friday or even a Thursday JV game at 6 o'clock.
2: I mean that's still that's a long way, and there's no gas money. Yeah,
1: there's no gas. No gas money.
2: Right. So they car they typically carpool together. They work that out amongst themselves. As long as someone's got a big enough car, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's four or five of them, right? Yeah. That, I mean that's a long way to travel. It is a long way to travel, and you know when you're in the you know the one two A's, you you do that on a, d- a weekly basis. Yeah. So for me, it's not a big deal. Right.
1: Price school also all our away games are ours. No. Yeah, yours are a little bit further than ours. Our closest conference game is Raven Gap, an hour and a half. What's your furthest this year? This year? Yeah, would you say New Jersey? Well New Jersey comes to us. Our furthest to go to is uh, Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. But and ref but but on the good side, Lewis, Lewis and I have actually talked about being football referees. But I want to do it once my kids graduate. Right, right. Absolutely. We don't want to be doing it while our kids are in school, but you could you could literally referee Wednesday for middle school, Thursday for J V. Yep. Friday for varsity, and then Saturday for three youth three league. three games for a youth league.
2: Right. And if you get an early youth league, you can do a late youth league and get three more. Or I talked to someone who did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday college like at Brevard. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is sort of like college. Right. I mean, there's some money to be made in it if you're willing to make that commitment. And really, I mean, it's kind of easy money. Yeah. Right. I mean, the worst thing you have to do is deal with Mike. Yes. And let's be honest, they're usually wrong anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's I, like being a weatherman. I typically think I'm right when I'm yelling.
1: I've actually been an umpire when Lewis was coaching. Oh, well, that had to have been He's fine. not a lot of fun to deal with. No. Jumping up and down, throwing his hat. That did happen. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> the well, next thing I know, I had to threaten to throw one of his kids out. Not his personal kids, but one of his team. One of the, Yeah, one of the kids on the team. <laughs>
0: Ugh. What we need to do is figure out how to get paid. To do play-by-play broadcast of all these games, oh, that, that would, would be, be fantastic. Great. Yeah. Then there's no running and up and down that field, and yeah, it's just bloviating, which is fantastic. Which,
2: if it makes you feel better, you're not the first umpire to have a problem with me. <laughs>
1: I'm not surprised either. <laughs> uh, I did. I, one of the good things about umpiring is, you know, it's a little exercise
2: as well. Oh yeah. And you know, it's pretty good money. Yeah. Now, especially if you do the tournaments. The tournament's on the weekends when it's 100 degrees outside and you have seven games. That's fun.
1: I mean, we all we all have side gigs. I guess mine is uh, spotting for racing.
2: And umpiring. And umpiring. Yep. And Pat makes so much money, he doesn't have to have a side Agony. gig. Agony. He works in the Bojangles parking lot. Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Funny
2: story for there, not on air, though. No. Yeah. We're going to table that
1: one. It, it's – I hope they can get the referee thing figured out because
2: – Let's be honest. You, we can't play the games without them. Well, this year in in baseball and softball, we've had to postpone games because we didn't have umpires. So, they had to play them the next day or something. Yeah. So hopefully, going forward, that doesn't happen. So go, you know, go sign up, go take the test, go be an umpire.
0: Yeah. Mike, you said you had questions from our two viewers. Is that what we have? So I did have a question from a viewer.
1: Um, he he sent in two questions. Oh my! So we have one fan then. Is what we're
2: saying. I think we have more than one. I had, I had a lot of good feedback from our uh, first one. Yeah, we had way more views than I thought. We, we broke the century mark. We were over 100. Holy cow. We were blown away.
1: And, and a lot of feedback. I think we all got some positive feedback for some folks. So does your viewer care to expose his name or not? No, he said I can say his name. Yeah? So um, got an email. He sent it in. It's from uh, the general.
2: <laughs> Chris St. <Saint-Unch, laughs>
1: and his question was specifically for Pat. Okay. Oh, no. And he said he wanted me to ask Pat, "Do you still make more than the doctors?" Agony. <laughs> Just no. wondering. No. Okay. All right. He, that's 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 what he was wanting to know.
0: Yeah. Well, he should go
1: pound sand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed, that's what Saint Ange can do. Pound uh, the sand. That's funny. Um.
2: Well, maybe more questions than will come in uh, uh, yes I, I encourage everyone to go go visit our or go send us an email you got questions you want to an- you want us to answer or you, a, or a topic you want us to talk about we'll be happy to talk about it
1: we'll be happy to talk about anything yeah um, but yeah send send us in behind the beard wNC at gmail.com or if you want to message us on Facebook you can message us there behind the beard wNC facebook send us a message absolutely and we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We may be wrong, but we'll talk about it. I don't think we're wrong.
2: Never, never, absolutely. And so, some, you know, one of our viewers, he he said, "This is a platform where people can talk, because a lot of times in their local communities, if they're very you know bolsterous about what they have to say, they get kicked to the side. This is a platform where we can talk about whatever."
1: Yeah. We can.
2: Denny Hamlin thought
1: he had a platform he could talk on too. Mm-mm. Then he admitted he wrecked somebody, and they fined him fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Oh, it's just fifty. Who cares? Yeah, I guess for the drivers and Pat, that's not a big number. That's a lot of money. <laughs> oh,
0: Mike Anderson. All right, now we're coming into the summer, gentlemen, and now we all have big plans for travel and vacation. But ultimately, it's grilling time. Right? We've got to get the barbecues out and do that sort of thing.
1: Only people from the north say get the barbecues
0: out. Yeah. I am not from the north. I think we covered this in the first podcast.
1: I have a high level of redneck. You get your grill out in the summertime, or your smoker. Yeah, you don't smoker. get your barbecue out unless you're actually making barbecue. And if we want to be for real, we get our Blackstone out.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: The fire disc is what I get out.
2: Right. Very, I have very a charcoal similar. grill. Very similar. You have a charcoal. Charcoal. Smoker and grill. Mm. I prefer the pellet smoker. Do you? I got it the first year of COVID, I I, I bought this, and we have utilized that immensely over the past few years.
1: So what are some of the really good things you've been smoking? I mean, do you roll it really tight? Yeah, so
2: especially especially when you get the tenderloin, you got to roll it, pack some stuff in the middle,
1: put the string on it. I've watched some videos. There's this guy over the fire cooking, and I love watching the stuff he rolls and cooks and –
2: I I, I watch this girl. It's Hey Girl Barbecue. Yeah, and she does a fantastic job. I love all of her recipes. So, so what's one of the fi- your favorite things you've ever smoked? Well, the tenderloin's amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I even smoked a turkey for you know Christmas this year versus the deep fry, which is you know popular down here. Uh, I mean, that's great. Obviously, brisket. I perfected ribs. The three, two, one rib recipe go check it out takes six hours to do but it's well worth it
0: all right i've done the turkey as well and i've really enjoyed it. absolutely absolutely yeah. Pat, you are a turkey i am i resemble
2: one actually too I-, I challenge you know those of you that do some smoking out there tell your wife to cook one in the oven and tell you know then you go smoke one see which one's better ask your family you're talking about turkey absolutely so we do we do do the deep fried turkey that you mentioned Right. We always used to as well before I got the smoker. And it's way better than just your baked turkey, I would think. Yeah, but the smoked turkey is the way to go. Really, almost anything I put on the smoker, better than any other way of cooking. Gotcha.
0: Boston Butt, done a bunch of those. Those are wonderful. And Absolutely. they're cheap.
2: And the great thing about the pellet smoker, you get it all ready, you put it in there, and you forget it until time's run out. Yeah. And it's an exceptional excuse to drink a lot of beer.
0: I mean, you've got That's something true. on the smoker for six, seven, ten hours. You can get some damage done now. But the good thing about the pellet, you don't have to watch it. No, I'm, I'm, mm. that's just the way to go. So what? So what are your what are your top items? I've done ribs. I don't think they're near as good as what Lewis is talking about. I've had success with ribs, Boston butt, turkey. I've done a fresh ham uh, that was quite tasty. Have you done salmon yet? Uh, yeah, we did a cedar
1: plank salmon. Yep. Wow, was that good? I don't think you say the L, Lewis. It's just salmon.
2: It's salmon. It's just salmon. It's salmon. It's not salmonella. Being down from the South, I'm an expert in vocabulary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so I have the fire disc, and that's what I like to roll out Check out your fire disc if you like. It's like
2: a big walk. Yeah. It is like a big walk. It's easy to set up. Um, which, which my dad being in the Marines for so many years, we have a lot of recipes that are of oriental nature. Yeah. Perfect tool for this. Right. And I've done some, some stuff.
1: So a couple nights ago, I, I did a... Uh, I cut up some potatoes into wedges and cooked them in there. And then I cut up steak and cooked it in there, combined it, added some chipotle sour cream, some guacamole, some tomatoes, and you talk about good. Absolutely. I, I hear it was excellent. <laughs> Currently, I can't eat any of it. I made some chorizo burritos on Ooh. Sunday morning. So,
2: so I have the my newest purchase is the Blackstone uh 36-inch Blackstone. Kevin Blackstone? Isn't yeah. he on ESPN? And underneath it has the air fryer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're doing your stir fry and you're doing your fries or whatever underneath, right? Uh, or the egg rolls underneath, I guess, if you're doing stir fry. But great combinations, almost like yours, but without the, the wok portion, right? Right. It's all a flat, flat. top. Yeah.
1: yeah. What I like about the, the bowl part, some people may not like this, but you cook the burgers out there and that grease runs in the middle. Then you cook your onions in the hamburger grease. Oh yeah, well saute. And then you cook your hot dogs in there and it's just
2: they're, so, they're delicious and really good for you, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so you you kinda put us onto that and with the Blackstone I can replicate that. Right. And my boys love it. Yeah, they're good like that. Well, yeah, when you fix those hot dogs and all that other grease that you've cooked, mm-hmm. it is amazing. My wife is
1: not from around here, she does not understand that cooking in grease is the way to go. Like Amen. bacon grease. So when I cook burgers, I cook the bacon, for, you know, get the bacon grease in there and the burger grease. Yeah, Absolutely. Fry some onions in there with peppers. God, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah.
0: Let's uh, let's go eat. Let's do it. Hey, you all mentioned the air fryer a second ago to remind me. Um, obviously, I love air fryers. I think we got one during the COVID. Just love it. But something I discovered, you know, when you go to the restaurant and you take your home, your leftovers, and you, you fry, you get the fries. They always suck. Oh, yeah. You know, if you do the microwave or yep. you do the oven, it doesn't, doesn't work. You put those restaurant fries in the air fryer? 100%. 100% what they were, man. I yep. mean,
2: it was on time. You can do the same thing with deep fried uh, fish. Really? With the shrimp and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It works great.
1: Man, big fan of the air fryer. Our, our new oven, we just got a new oven. It has an air fryer option on it. Okay. So uh, I haven't tried it, but maybe it sounds like maybe I need to. Yes.
2: Yeah, you Air fryer is the way to go. Man.
1: It was on. And it's
2: it's supposed to be healthier for you because there's no grease involved. No. Just air. Just air. And it works great. I've done wings, everything else in there. Fantastic. Cook the wings for a little bit in the air fryer. Then you coat them, put them back in there, let them harden up a little bit. It's awesome. Get that crispy skin on it. Mm, That does sound good. Sounds delicious.
0: Well, on that note, I'm pretty hungry now and ready for some dinner. I don't know about you gentlemen. Absolutely. I guess it's time to call it a day and go get something to eat. Yeah, so like Mike said, chime in with the email and the social media and let us know what you want us to talk about. If you got questions or you want us to sing a song or something, you know, let, let us know what you need us to do.
2: Yeah, Mike's ready for your request. Yes, and it'll be karaoke night. That'll be a good time. It's raining men. He, that's his favorite song. <laughs> uh,
1: Lewis's favorite song is uh, I'm So Pretty. <laughs> I'm so pretty. So very pretty. Oh. Uh. Listen, go check out the Bandits. Give them a listen. Check them out. It's a uh, great group. Yeah, They're very generous. Let us use their music. You send us an email.
0: Yeah. And until then, we'll come back here in a few weeks with another iteration. And until then, for Mike Anderson, Lewis Anderson, I'm Pat Pohl, and this has been
2: Behind the Beer. Thanks, everyone. Good night.